the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is in the form of a question. Does life have a purpose? A young lad of 12 years old goes with his church youth group on a Saturday outing. That night he comes down with a fever. The next morning he has trouble breathing and his mother calls the doctor. By the time the doctor and the ambulance gets there, he has stopped breathing. The doctor does everything he can, but the boy is dead on arrival at the hospital. He died from a strange bacterial infection. A man feels a call of God to go into the ministry. He leaves his good job and moves to a distant city to enter seminary. His wife takes a job to help him make it through his seminary studies. He is now in his last year. In just a few months, he'll take a church somewhere and begin to serve the Lord. But one day his wife comes in and says, I'm leaving you. I don't want to be a pastor's wife. She walks out and never comes back. Another man is a police officer. One day he stops a man known to be a drug dealer. It happens on a busy downtown street and a crowd gathers to watch the unfolding drama. There's a struggle, and somehow the drug dealer grabs the officer's gun. Someone in the crowd yells, shoot him, shoot him. And he does, at point blank range in his face. The officer was in his early 20s. These stories could be multiplied 10,000 times and more. And the question which we cannot escape is, does life have a purpose? How can the Apostle Paul says that all things work together for good? How can he be so certain? Listen to him in Romans 8 and verse 28 in NIV. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And then the New Living Translation 
uh, renders it like this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 is one of the most beloved verses in all of scripture. Many of you can give testimony to that fact. You were sick and this verse was like medicine to your soul. You lost a loved one and these words somehow carried you through. You were crushed and beaten by the winds of ill fortune and this verse gave you hope to go on. But there are some listening to me today who secretly doubt this verse. They hear the verse quoted and instead of a balm to their soul, it is like a cruel joke. But for Christians everywhere around the globe today, this verse contains perhaps the most glorious promise that you can find in the Holy Scriptures. It is breathtaking in its magnitude, encompassing absolutely everything that pertains to a believer's life. There is a purpose to life if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. What seems to be a meaningless jumble of events in our lives is not meaningless at all. Everything that happens to us is moving to accomplish a desired end, and that end is a subject of what Paul is writing about in in the book of Romans. You see, God's purpose, in effect, is to have an elect race of people called by his name, having membership in his family, who will love him with all of their hearts. And to accomplish that purpose, God called the world into being. He spoke into existence, set up the whole universe, peopled planet Earth with a race of human, of human beings, permitted them to fall into sin, sent his son, Jesus Christ, into our sinful world to suffer and to die on Calvary's cross and be resurrected from the dead in order that we may become sons and daughters of God. And so with this in mind, the Apostle Paul says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, in this verse of scripture, we have a tremendous statement of what life is all about. God's purpose is to bring us into a relationship with himself so that we will love and serve him here and now and throughout eternity. This magnificent promise given to us in Romans 8.28 consists of three things that I want to, us to look at today. First of all, I want to look at its certainty, the certainty of this promise. Paul says, and we know. Christianity is a religion of certainty, not of conjecture. I know and we know are favorite expressions of the biblical writers. For example, Job chapter uh, 19 and verse 25 says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. And uh, John in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2 says, We know that when he appears, 
we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And um, Paul in Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1, we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal home in heaven, not built by human hands. And then in Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. And so Paul writes in, in uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him. Now, how did Paul know this was so? Was it by a process of logical deduction, of observation, or intuition? No, not at all. Paul is setting forth the truth that he received from the Spirit of God. He is asserting with God's own authority that as believers in Jesus Christ, we know beyond all doubt that every aspect of our lives is in God's hands and will be divinely used by the Lord for our ultimate good. God himself, through his Spirit, impresses upon our hearts the certainty of our security in him. There is no need for the child of God to speak in terms of probability. There is no need to, to use language like perhaps or maybe when we are speaking about the promises of God. We know, says Paul, that all things work together for the good of those who love God. No, it is hard for us to see good when a little child dies or when a cop is blown away by some drug dealer or when a missionary is killed on the mission field, or when a widow is cheated out of her inheritance in a Ponzi scheme. When we look at those situations, we must at all costs resist the quick and easy explanations. Sometimes tragedies happen, and well-meaning people, Christians, will say something like, that's not a tragedy. It's, it only looks that way. Just have faith. But brothers and sisters, I want you to, to uh, realize that God never asks us to pretend that tragedy is not tragedy. Or to pretend that our pain is not real. Is Paul saying whatever happens is good? No. Is he saying that suffering and evil and tragedy are good? No. Is he saying that everything will work out if we just have enough faith? No. Is he saying that we will be able to understand why God allowed tragedy to come? No. What then is he saying? He is erecting a sign over the unexplainable mysteries of life, a sign which reads, Quiet, God at work. How? We are not always sure. To what end? For good and not evil. Little children will often be afraid of the, of the dark. And I remember when I was growing up that I was afraid of the dark because I heard so many ghost stories. But, um, but it's, it's the scariest children, um, like myself, <laughs> when I was growing up, 
because we can't see in the darkness and you imagine all kinds of things. And so the, the child will cry out until at last daddy comes. Uh, he sits on the, on the bed and, and takes the child in his arms and says, don't be afraid, I'm right here with you. The fear goes away when daddy comes. Even so, the darkness of life frightens us until we discover that even in the darkness, our Heavenly Father is there. The darkness is still dark, yes, but He is there, and that makes all the difference. Paul says, and we know. It is something we can count on. We can stake our life on it because it is God's promise to us, His children. Believers of a certainty which no flood of sorrow can can drown, no fire of tribulation can quench, no earthquake of trouble can shake, and no disappointing experience can destroy. We know, we are certain. But what can we be certain of? Secondly, the extent, extent of that promise. So first of all, we have its certainty, and now we have its extent. That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Had Paul said, in a few things, or in some things, no one would have felt the need to question this statement. But he says, in all things, in all things have no qualifications or limits. Neither this verse nor its context allows for restrictions or conditions. Paul is not saying that God prevents his children from experiencing things that can harm them. He's saying that God takes all that he allows to happen in his children's lives, even the worst things, and turns them ultimately into blessings. No matter what our situation, our suffering, our pain, our lack of faith in these things as well as in all other things, our Heavenly Father will work to produce ultimate blessings for us. The other side of that truth is that nothing can ultimately work against us. As Paul says, if God be for us, then who can be against us? Any temporary harm that we suffer will be used by God for our benefit. All things include circumstances and events that are good and beneficial in themselves, as well as those that are in themselves evil and harmful. Many of the things that we do and that happen to us are either outright evil or at best worthless. Yet, In his infinite wisdom and omnipotence, our God will turn even the worst of such things to our ultimate good. It doesn't mean that we're going to see the ultimate good here and now. We perhaps will have to wait until we get there and see him face to face and we'll know why some of the things that happened to us happened. Now, Joseph is a classic example of God using unjust suffering to bring great good, not only to Joseph, but to all of his family as well as to the Egyptians. Now, if Joseph had not been sold into slavery and cast into prison, 
he would not have had to had the opportunity to interpret Pharaoh's dream and rise to a position of great prominence from which he could be used to save Egypt and his own people uh, from starvation. Understanding that marvelous truth, Joseph told his fearful brothers in Genesis chapter 15, verse 20, And as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. In all things, God works every day, every hour, every minute, every second, every fraction of a second, night and day, for the good of his people. But the third, the third um, point is its recipients, the recipients of this promise. It is those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Paul does not say that in all things God works for the good of people in general, regardless of their, their character or their faith. What he does say is that in all things, God works for the good of all those who love God. Those who have responded to his offer of salvation by accepting Christ as their Savior and Lord and have come to love him. All kinds of things happen to all kinds of people. There's a lofty impartiality in the general providence of life. God makes his sun to to shine and his rains to descend upon the good and the evil, the just and the unjust. All human beings know sickness, sorrow, losses, failures, and disappointment. But although the same kinds of things happen to all people, the results are not the same. For the believer have Almighty God looking out for his or her welfare, ruling and overruling the events of life so as to bring ultimate good both here in this world and that which is to come. Every person who seeks to do the will of God and the things that please God can find assurance in this text. To be called according to his purpose refers to the purpose which God had in mind for us before the creation of the world. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verses 29 and 30. It says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the first among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him, and having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. My, my. What, what a blessing. He gave them his glory. See, believers are not afterthoughts. We are not the products of chance or accident. We have been saved from our sins because of God's electing and predestinating grace that lifted us out of the miry clay of sin and placed our feet on the solid rock 
of Christ's righteousness. To be called according to God's purpose places us as believers at the very center of God's love. The truth of Romans 8.28 is a balm for every sorrow. It plants our feet on the eternal rock of ages. It marshals around us the angels of God. It throws over us the shadow of the Almighty. It encircles us in the everlasting arms. Is a shield for every temptation. It, and it enables us to roll the, the burdens that we can't carry on the shoulders of the everlasting God. And as Paul affirms to us in, in Romans 8, 38 and 39, he says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. See, all this means is that we should have one aim in life, and that is to please God, to love God above everything and everyone. If we do that, then come sickness, come blessing, come enemies, come friends, come blame, come praise, come crosses, come victories, come wealth, come poverty, come joy, come sorrow, come night, come day, come peace, come war, come tribulation, come triumphs, come tears, come death, come what may, it shall be well with us because of who we are. For the everlasting God can handle the mountains that we can't move. He can handle the problems that we can't solve. Uh, he can handle the questions that we can't answer, the fears that we can't master, the load that we can't handle, and the door that we can't open. All praise and glory be to our great God who is at work every day to bring good out of all of our circumstances according to his glorious purpose for us, his people. Let me just close with a, with a, a story that I have used before. So during the First World War, a young man from one of the western states went overseas to fight in the U.S. Army. He and his sweetheart had exchanged letters on a regular basis. Then for a long time, no letter came from him. Finally, one day, she received a letter in a strange handwriting from a hospital in one of the eastern states. And it read, Dear Nelly, you will not recognize this handwriting because a friend is writing it for me. My heart often ached to write sooner, but I dreaded to do so. And to tell you. So I waited until we were back in the United States. I lost my arms, both arms, in action over there in one of those awful battles. My dear Nelly, I love you more than ever, but in my condition, 
I cannot ask you to go through life with me. I release you from the promise you made when we kissed goodbye two years ago. That letter was never answered because Nellie took the next train for that distant city and arriving there went right to the hospital. There she was directed to a certain ward in that VA hospital and a certain number. In passing between the long rows of beds, she finally came to that number and there he was. Dropping to her knees, she put her arms around her lover's neck and between kisses and tears, she said, Tom, you're mine and I will be your right arm and your left arm through life. See, greater is God's love and faithfulness than that of Nelly Fatone. And let our love be greater because of his faithfulness that reaches across all of our years as he makes us experience the truth of his word in Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I serve a God who can answer all of my questions. A God who can hear all of my prayers. A God who can solve all of my problems. A God who can heal all of my hurts. Who can forgive all of my sins who can lift all of my burdens, who can relieve all of my pressures, understand all of my frustrations, handle all of my situations, comfort all of my sorrows, change all of my circumstances, and supply all of my needs. For he is the fountain of my joy. He is the source of my comfort. He is the delight of my soul the object of my worship, the author of my salvation, the healer of my body, and the cause of my hope. So why should I be discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, my constant friend is he. His eye is on this power, and I know he watches me. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 10.45 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 10.30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.